Hello again and welcome along to episode six of the Oris Digital Podcast, aka Digital Marketing Bite Sized. Plenty to talk about again this week. Uh, so let's introduce Luke. How are you, Luke? Hi. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll re-edit that out. Hi, Tom. Yeah, all good here. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. What's new? Not much. Just another day in lockdown, really. Yeah, you had the snow? Um, it's actually all cleared up now. It's, it's yeah, it stayed around for a bit longer than two weeks ago was, but it's it's not been, yeah, too too bad. How about down where you are? Yeah, we had to, we had quite a bit over the the weekend and throughout this week, but um, like the same as you, it's dwindling away. Yeah, it's so cold. It like burns your face when you go outside. Bet you were happy on a Sunday night though when uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't mind. I wasn't really sure who I wanted to win to start with, if I'm honest. But um, having a look at Brady at the end, he's just the greatest of all time, isn't he? It, it was destiny, really, weren't it? It was weird not having so many fans in the stadium, but it didn't really matter too much, I don't think, for the game. It was still a good, decent enough game. It was, it was. And speaking of Super Bowl, that is part of our little three uh, pointers that we're going to cover this week. It is, yep. Starting with the Super Bowl, in particular Super Bowl ads. Yep. Uh, next, we will be speaking about buy now, pay later and the new regulations that have come into effect of it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll finish off with everyone's favourite talking point of the past two weeks, which is influencers. Very good. Right, shall we crack on? Yeah, so about the Super Bowl. Did you want to talk about the game or straight into the ads? Ah, we could do either. Yeah, no, the the game was really good. I enjoyed watching it. I, I was surprised my little brother actually watched it as well. And he's just not a sporting person at all. So it shows sort of how much of a pull that the Super Bowl has. It's crazy. They estimated about 150 million people watched some part of the game. Yeah, it's, it's quite crazy. I mean, I've got some statistics here that state between 2011 and 17, it was only an average of 110 mil viewers. But then like from 2019, it was as low as 100. But oh, I mean, no. with, <laughs> with lockdown and everything, I'm not surprised to sort of see that it has skyrocketed, really. Like less people at the games, less people to get tickets. It's got you know, more of a focus. Nobody can go out and celebrate. So there's no other reason than to put on the game, really, if you're even remotely interested in the sport. Yeah, I think that's key. If you're taking those figures as, like, televisions that have the game on, it would be more this year because people aren't at each other's houses watching it together. Oh, yeah, that that's, that's a very good point, yeah. I, I would like to know how much the commercials would have cost for this year. From... The year 2000, it was averaging around 2.2 million for a 30-second commercial. And since up to, I think, 2015, it's moved up to about 5.6 million, which is a massive jump. But obviously, with the viewership, it's... Yeah, now I must admit, I watched it on the BBC. Yeah, no, same. Obviously, so, we're not American. We're not American, <laughs> and I haven't seen any of the ads. I've read about the ads since, just to have a look at which ones were the best. It was the the normal the normal brands like Budweiser. Um, they sort of dominated again, but <laughs> uh, no, but Budweiser weren't weren't there this year. Bud Light, I'm <laughs> sure it was on there. But Bud Light, yeah, but Budweiser, no. What's the difference? 
they're, they're different drinks. It's the same company, surely. They're different. No, like like Budweiser, the drink is like yeah. totally different to Bud Light. <laughs> so I thought Bud Light was just like Diet Coke. So upon listening back to this, I realised that Bud Light is actually a part of Budweiser and I was just having a stupid moment. So, However, the brand for Budweiser wasn't at the Super Bowl. Bud Light might have been, but specifically Budweiser wasn't, along with Pepsi and Coke, who decided to invest their money into COVID vaccination support rather than advertisements. Oh, well, I mean, that is advertising advertising in itself, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, Budweiser, Bud Light, they, even if they are part of the same company, they are sort of different brands. And So more generalised view of Super Bowl ads. Look, it's, this, it's the largest advertising platform out there, isn't it? And brands spend millions and millions and millions every year to get that prized slot at halftime. Yes, that's that's exactly what I was sort of thinking about speaking, not specifically any ads, but more in a general field. Um, I, I just find it staggering that, you know, Super Bowl ads, as much as they cost five, six million dollars, how they just make their money back from it. Although it's it's probably a bit of blurred lines, but yeah, there's this 2018 study by Marketing Science that said that Super Bowl ads uh, have a lot of benefits which persist well into the year with increased sales. And I did actually find that specifically Budweiser see revenue and actual volume of searches uh, increase by from three to nine percent to four to seven. Uh, 4.7 percent which i think is quite amazing really another thing i'd like to add is that it's it's more blurred lines for me because although they state this and say like yes they the money that they've spent is beneficial to the company but realistically i don't really understand how you can effectively monitor that yeah i think it comes down to who it's like uh, it's almost like an arrogance thing i think for a lot of brands who has the biggest budget oh definitely definitely but then uh, you know the, the american audience is a lot different i guess from the uk would you say that has something to do with it as well yeah i i would it's the way that they advertise is so different to our advertisement they they seem to me at least like a lot more pushy and straight to the point uh, and they advertise many different things you know like you get their state farm insurance you see mostly you see medicine and sort of the applications of medical practices and also the pickup trucks which we just don't get here it's all very in your face in your pushy like flashy and it's just a very different overall experience right so i'm going to put you on the spot yep you've just been appointed coca-cola's chief super bowl halftime advertisement manager yes take me through your thought process of how how you were creating an ad this year 
got Coca-Cola. You've got the prime time slot. Unlimited budget. So I would do what any other Super Bowl advert do or does and appoint Steven Spielberg to be a director for this advert because every every advert is basically a 30-second film, ain't it? I would then look at the top 10 hottest actors of the past two months and just hire them because it's not a Super Bowl advert if you've got a really cool name in it and it's like, oh, And then you get things like Justy go compare with their catchy tunes. So I'd probably also get a musical person for part of part of the advert. Like Andrew Lloyd Webber. And yes, I definitely know who that is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll, we'll just create a catchy slash annoying commercial, which looks like a 30 second film. Okay, so you've got Spielberg, catchy tunes, hottest actors around. Just go, just max out that budget. <laughs> yeah, no, I respect that. Thinking inside the box. <laughs> so a part of um, what I was researching was the halftime performance. Mm-hmm. So Anna, it would be interesting to get your opinion on this. But it was an extended performance by the weekend. It was, you know, very, very good. I'm an avid weekend fan, as you know. And he put $7 million of his own money into his performance, which has been absolutely blasted online social media for effectively him wasting his own money on it. Do you have any sort of initial thoughts on that before I go into sort of why I've mentioned this? I'd be curious to know why he had to invest all of that money himself was it just he wasn't offered a bigger budget and he wanted it to make it like spectacular and he didn't think it was quite up to the job with the money that they were already yeah i think it was it probably that i mean they probably did you know have an initial agreement on on a budget and or whatever pay payment for him and when it got down to the nitty-gritty he probably thought okay like this is good enough but and in his own words, he said he wants to make it a much more cinematic experience. So that's where he invested. He he wanted to take it from just being a, a good Super Bowl halftime performance to fantastic and great and cinematic. And yeah, I get what you're saying. I thought, I... yeah. So I'm wondering, well, do you know how much it cost in total for the? For this show, oh, I I don't know. So I'm wondering if they'd take it. It was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge weekend fan, but I do like most of his songs. If they'd taken away that seven mil, what yep. would it what would it have looked like? Seven mil seems like a lot of money, and then when you take that away from his actual performance, where did he spend seven mil? I can see where you're coming from. I think. And I actually saw online, actually, uh, one of the dancers did a Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and he actually said that he was a volunteer. So potentially not all of the dancers were paid, but I mean, the logistics of it would actually add up. And I think it, it would sort of build up to being quite a costly performance, but I'm not 100% sure sort of where it all went i i would have sort of the same reservations but at the same time i've actually read 
totally different take on it, which said that, yes, it is a performance and he's paid seven mil for it, but it's actually also like him advertising himself. Yeah, so it's like self, self-promo. Effectively, yeah. So he released his After Hours album last year and the tour was set for late 2020, mm. obviously never went ahead. So yeah, that that's a massive loss of revenue for him anyway. But he came into this Super Bowl performance having just announced a new 2022 tour. And, you know, if you think about it, he's paid seven mil, he's done the performance. He made the performance the best possible thing he could. And, you know, it's it, it's definitely been one of the best performances out of the past couple of years. Whereas if you think of um, Shakira and J-Lo, I think it was last year, if I've got that correct, they were just on a stage in the centre and, you know, they're just walking around singing sort of thing. Whereas this was an actual show performance. So he's sort of massively put himself out there to promote both his name and his new tour. Mm-hmm. And no doubt in the world that he's definitely done himself some good there. So he's effectively, rather than pay 5.6 mil for a 30-second promo, he's paid 7 mil for a 14-minute performance, which is, if you think of it like that, makes a lot of sense. And actually, it's financially smart. Because, again, if you're sitting there going, that was a rubbish performance, you're not going to be interested. But for everyone who's not a fan of him to now have seen how great his music is, you're going to be interested in what he's doing. You really like The weekend, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I I just think it's, it's, I do have invested interest in him, yes, but I think it's, when you look at it from that perspective, I think that's actually quite an interesting... No, all your points are valid. I I do agree. I think with like a legacy point of view as well, obviously the financial side makes sense and he has a tour coming up. He needs, you know, there's a big chance he's got new fans from that one performance that might never have heard his music and all of his old fans will be like, oh, that was so good. Now I definitely want to see him again. But also if you think about like past performers of that halftime show that have got like legendary status, like Prince and Michael Jackson and, and all of those people that you look back on and say, wow, that was an amazing halftime show. He had one opportunity to make that himself. And in 10 years time, I mean, let's hope that next year's Super Bowl isn't affected by COVID again. And you know, it will end up being on a stage in the middle. He will literally have had the only halftime performance where he's used the entire pitch and he's gone up into the stands. And that's quite a unique thing. And to look back on your career, whether he will do or not, being sort of that wealthy, I'm sure he will. You look back and you look at that moment and you think, well, you know, that was pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Saying about um, Super Wads, that would actually bring us into our next topic. Because although I don't know all of the Super Bowl ads that appeared this year, um, which has been blasted by you <laughs> I, I'm, I'm asking you for advice <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you watch the super bowl more than me um but one that i do know that featured was uh klana who is a part of our next topic of interest and there's although i watched it about 20 minutes ago which had four horsewomen going up 
to some shiny pink boots singing my the boots are made for walking song whatever it is um i don't really remember it i didn't really see the point in it but yeah that that moves us nicely on from the super bowl ads to to our buy now pay later section yeah so Klarna specifically is quite a new system i you probably know more about it than i do just on the basis that i'm touching 30 and you're sort of mid-20s so i think it is that generational thing where particularly like students are here but using Klarna quite a lot and it's that's where a lot of the issues are coming up which we'll get into a bit more detail but give us a an overview sort of a layman's term what is Klarna what do people use it for so there are four or five main ones Klarna open pay clear pay lay by and then technically paypal has one as well mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's buy now pay later um all of these different companies will have their own way of basically paying for a little bit of your purchase now and then setting up an agreement to pay the remainder off in either the next few weeks, uh, bi-weekly or even monthly. I think the longest is both PayPal and OpenPay, which do it in four monthly installments. Right. But it's it's effectively credit. But... Yeah, packaged up into a nice fun you know so a lot of the issues that have sort of arose from what i can tell is people who are already in debt for example are using these systems to to buy clothes and to buy stuff that they can't effectively afford and then that's when they get into issues being able to pay it back Um, and just the way that the whole brand is packaged and advertised is quite dangerous for a younger audience because they don't understand the risks yeah, exactly. It's it's promoted as like a, a fun way to be able to get your stuff and it's all, you know, fancy colours, fun. And if you look at all of the shops that offer these things, I'm not, you know, blasting any of them. It, it can be an effective tool to sort of pay for stuff as long as you're, like, you know, within your means. But none of the shops really are your essentials. It is mostly fashion and you know the latest tech and just stuff that you don't necessarily really need it's more of a vanity sort of approach to it yeah so it almost appeals to people so i mean if you had a budget and you so you had a 30 pounds budget for the month you wouldn't spend 40 pounds because you don't have it but then if you use klarna you could buy something for a hundred pounds because you know you, you're not going to have to pay a hundred pounds straight away. Yeah, exactly. With the company, I, go on. I think it's just quite important to mention that we're not bashing anything. It is just a discussion, really. These things actually can be, you know, useful. I'm sure before this whole conversation, like both myself and you have used this, but we use it within our limits, and you know, it is. It's still interesting from a marketing point about sort of the ones that do get out of hand because yeah. as you're about to say, like people that can afford it, it's fine for, for them. And I'm not sure if it helps our credit, but let's hope it does. But yeah, for the people that can't afford it and, you know, it's only rather than paying £40 now, it's only £10 here. 
then you get another one it's only 10 pound there and then it sort of it does build up and yeah it comes an issue and you know yeah, as marketers the... sorry sorry go on well no just to touch obviously the reason that we're talking about it is because it's in the news and unfortunately it's in the news for that negative reason but like you say you know, from a business perspective shop online shopping that is using it you know it's probably done in wonders it's it's making people definitely spend more yeah again if if i if i want that 40 pound pair of trainers trousers whatever i don't want to pay 40 pound for them but i'd happily pay 15 pound 10 pound for four months and you know that way it's not as expensive for me i can then also get other things and well yeah because you could also if you're looking for a pair of jeans and you see a pair of trainers you might think well actually next month i could probably do with another pair of trainers i might as well just get them now exactly and then spread it out but then obviously next month you still buy a new pair of trainers as as marketers i suppose these types of things are are a marketer's dream ain't they because they do they are promoting spending more they are promoting people to actually buy and it, it is in the news now because you know it has just become regulated which it should do but yeah, it's in in the current climate where people are losing jobs on record, and there's not much money sort of floating about as freely as it was pre-coronavirus. It's yeah, it's it is welcome news that it's now being sort of regulated because if you have an issue with any of these buy now pay later schemes, you couldn't approach the financial ombudsman, and you know you couldn't sort of have all of the protection around it and they were sort of lending to people without doing the necessary checks to make sure that people can afford it and you know that's where the sinister side comes out yes i think to their credit Klarna have actually come out and said themselves that they'll put themselves into these regulations or they've agreed to them from what i was reading they're quite open to changing the way it works so that it is regulated is that right I mean, that they, they don't have any choice. <laughs> they All right, so they've to, basically so been told. They've been told. Yeah, to, I, right. I think they're trying to take the front foot and being, and being a bit more proactive and like, yeah, we're a responsible company, even though they haven't been in the past. I mean, it's not their fault entirely, but. Do you know what it really yeah. reminds me of um, like betting companies? Right. You know, betting adverts at the moment are all gamble responsibly, take a break yeah. when you need to. And they're all from the betting companies themselves. They've obviously gone still, out of their way. <laughs> you're still advertising, they're mate. Still advertising, yeah. So it's a bit, it's a bit counterintuitive. But I, I get the feeling with the, the betting side. I don't know if this is the same, but they've kind of been told we're we're going to come down on you harder if you don't start being more responsible. And as a way of getting around, like some tighter restrictions, gambling companies have said, "Well, let's just advertise as." though we're being really responsible we're giving customers the option to you know um like call offs and all of that sort of thing and this kind of reeks of the same the same thing Klarna have basically been told look it's it's going to happen and they've thought well we might as well just make this seem like we're we're taking the lead and doing it ourselves definitely definitely um um you know betting is a whole nother episode we can do because I have so much to say about that sector. <laughs> so bad it. 
I it's, it has just taken over football and sport, and it is a whole debate in itself. Which, yeah, let's not get into it right now. Yeah. But it's it is definitely on the same wavelength as that. But yeah, luckily, they're now going to be um, or regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority to protect consumers under plans announced by the government. And they announced that on the 2nd of February. So, well done. Cool. So, I mean, obviously you touched upon, um, there was, you know, I was looking at on Instagram, there was a big Klarna party that they had, uh, where they had loads of sort of celebs, you could call them, not people that I'm particularly familiar with, but I guess there was celebrities that, you know, you you might be more familiar like the Tawi scene. I don't know. Is that is that sort of your scene? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised it's not considering it's filmed right down the road from you in Essex. I don't know if yeah. I should mention that. Uh, <laughs> Tawi, the only way is Essex. I I would have thought would be right down your avenue. Considering you definitely look like you could be on there. It, well, I'm not sure about that, but it's literally down down the road. So yeah. But the the event itself had all of these people come in, and they was advertising Klarna. Um, again, it is appealing to that that younger sort of student lifestyle audience, and uh, that probably hasn't helped. Um, obviously, that's where they need to target because that's where most of the people that are using the service are going to be. So um, I don't really blame them for that. Um, there was one influencer you were telling me about um, that sort of went against the grain and stopped. Kind of. Yes, so I forget her name, although I can just get it up now. I'm so sorry, I can't pronounce it properly, and I know that's sort of really bad on my part, but Ogosa? Ogusa. Celia Ogosa, yeah. Ogosa, yeah, I got that correct. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, I know pronunciation is actually quite a big thing. But yeah, she she actually got paid to promote Klarna, you know, and bring it to her following. And while she did do that, she sort of after that learned sort of the dangers of Klarna and people getting into debt. And so, so although she had signed up to it, she quickly realized, oh, actually, I, I don't want to promote this. But as the paperwork was signed, she sort of had to do it. They approached her again to advertise and she turned them down. But yeah, the money that she originally made, she actually donated to people that lost their jobs that were following her. So she did sort of turn her sort of negative experience into a positive one. So it was a company, so it was Instagram, I guess, or influencer, sorry, that um, didn't agree ethically with what Klarna was doing and how it was affecting young people who was her audience um the people that followed her were of a younger generation so she's taken that conscious decision to part ways or i guess not work with Klarna because they didn't she didn't agree with what what was going on or um, how it's affecting them is that essentially so yes and no i think it was a case of and again that it's it's not just Klarna it's although in her case it was Klarna but for all of the buy now pay later people they they tie up to you know be fun and oh you know you you don't have to spend all your money now and you know they it comes across as like fun credit and 
don't feel bad for being in debt sort of thing. And the way I guess that they painted it to her was, you know, all fine. They have these checks and that. So it looks, looks all good from the get go. But obviously once, once it went through and then she learned of some people that had not been misled, but weren't in a position to actually be able to afford all the repayments and actually learned that because it wasn't regulated, it had actually effective, affected people's uh, a, like financial situation quite poorly. She realized maybe, yeah, the ethics of the company aren't on par with what she feels like. Yeah, oh, this is a quote from her herself. So I knew I had a lot of younger viewers who looked to me for advice and I couldn't believe my ignorance had meant I'd potentially encourage them to make bad financial choices. So I kind of respect that she's come out and admitted admitted that she was wrong. I think that's taken some balls. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say sort of wrong. I would just say she wasn't aware at the time. I think there's, you know, if she was wrong, I think that would mean that she knew about it and still done it. And I, yeah, I, it's not ignorant. It's, yeah, just sort of not being aware of everything. But yeah, again, credit credit for her for coming out and actually sort of reimbursing her supporters for the original money that she was paid to promote it. What is your view on Instagram or influencers in general? They're quite a powerful tool for a lot of brands which need to access a certain audience, particularly those people who are you know, actively on Instagram and... Um, you know, scrolling through and following celebrities. So it's, it's, it's quite powerful and it's sort of growing exponentially. You know, it's, it's almost out of control. But I feel like there's almost a cliff that we're approaching that we're about to drop off. <laughs> Do you know, I, I feel like I've spoken so much throughout this podcast, but I, I, I'm not one <laughs> that for... the idea. <laughs> if you sat here I, in I like... for 50 minutes, then it'd be a pretty poor podcast, wouldn't it? <laughs> um. I feel like I've spoken more than you, <laughs> but um, listening I mean, in in effect, I I'm not a fan of influencers at all. I've you know over the past couple of months, where we've obviously got the lockdown, many of the influencers have gone to Dubai, you know, for for work, which is staggering, and I think it it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, don't it? Because on on their ends, I. I get it. Influencing is a job and you you do need to get paid at the end of the day to support yourself, support your family. But I mean, influencing from Dubai, like the only place where you can go for work and you're like, no, no, <laughs> just oh. well, we're, I could say people are struggling as well. And it's, it's been such a tough eight months to see that people have use that as an excuse to go there was there was one female that went on to good morning i believe it's called with holly and phil the good morning show i think is and she was saying how it is actually essential work and you know giving it all of the the reasons why she needed to go to dubai not not i wanted to go there for work but i needed to and I can understand, like, if you're working with brands and, you know, you need that certain aesthetic for shots and and that. But, you know, if you're advertising your purse, you don't need sand in the background to 
you know, promote. You don't need a beach. Is it regulated? Um, <laughs> no. Well, no. oh, I mean, I'm just thinking because if influence selling is obviously a form of advertising, isn't it? And brands are going through advertising companies to access influence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, if other forms of advertising are regulated, then surely influencers should be as well. No. Um, it's, it, it will be a difficult one to take that to court to try and, and promote. So I'll just gloss over that. But I, I just don't necessarily, I necessarily don't think they need to be in Dubai to do all of this influencing. Again, what is, if you're promoting to me, you know, healthy water, for example, why, why is a sunny background going to make me want to buy some healthy water more than if you're in your back garden? Like, more importantly, I mean? why would it take that to, con- I mean, healthy, healthy water? <laughs> no, I, 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 knew pick water. On that. <laughs> I knew you would pick on that. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to be in Dubai to, to do all of that, really. It's it's just, in, in like you said, in the current climate where people are stuck at home, you know, I can't, I can't go to Topgolf, which is basically... 20 minutes down the road and I hit golf balls into a, into a field. I can't even do that. So the fact that these people are That's flying you're there, it's because I'm terrible at it. But <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm definitely rambling on here, but they, it's not essential. It is, it's just really not essential. They're being very selfish because COVID is a big thing and you know, it's you can affect anyone easily. It's, it's so contagious, and you're going around the world, bending the rules. There was there was one critique from an influence well, of an influencer where they were in Dubai, and they're also a personal trainer. Right. And even though they were in Dubai, they were doing these personal training posts from their room which had a white wall as a background and you really don't need to be in Dubai to have a white wall as your background right I I think it's it's just a case of I want to get out of England uh let's just let's just make this Instagram post in Dubai and call it essential work and I think it is just very distasteful to the people that they're trying to influence it's it's very selfish because again we can't we can't walk down the roads as we normally do and they're having their best life in dubai it's just yeah it's a load of it's a load of bs mate i'll be honest it's is but we shouldn't tarnish we we should make it clear that we're not tarnishing every influencer with the same brush there are some that chose not to go away and there are some that are being responsible um so yes I would also mention there there probably are some influencers that did also need to be out in Dubai. Again, there was one of I I think it was Chloe or or someone from Geordie Shore anyway who was promoting a bikini brand and you know, for bikinis you kinda of do need a beach, blah blah blah. Um so it's not all influencers I'm bashing. So <laughs> yes. It's a bit heavily. With, with the snow of, of late as well. The snow, the, the pebbles, the, the seagulls that are literally willing to take the chip right out of your hand. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just 
for the non-essential people traveling i think that's where my sort of moaning is coming in and i hope i hope i haven't just sounded like a terrible moaner throughout this whole podcast <laughs> you have you have but it's fun oh god anyway <laughs> oh, no i'm only joking look I, we probably should finish on a positive point because we've said super bowl ads rubbish klana rubbish influencers rubbish <laughs> Well, no, I mean, we, we ended on Super Bowl saying how how it was quite good for the weekend. Um, but in general, yeah, they apparently they do work. So, well, give yeah. us some give us some positive energy then to, to finish up on. Give us some good news. Um, so as we were doing our planning for this episode, I actually used the word reconvene, which you did. is actually quite a big word for me. I fell off my and, chair. Yeah, and everyone who knows me knows that I am a simple man and how reconvene is actually quite a big word for me. So that is my positive news. I am being, I'm being influenced not by people in Dubai, but the colleagues who I haven't seen for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some positive news. <laughs> and you used it in the right context as well, which is, which is good. Yeah, that, that does count as well. <laughs> I can't just say a big word and then get a pat on the back. We were literally just talking about Super Bowl when you went, reconvene <laughs> um anyway then so like i ask you every episode or like i say every episode give me a buzzword please <laughs> can i use reconvene you can but that is cheating but okay can you relate that to marketing please can i relate that to marketing um let's reconvene next week for the next digital marketing podcast Please. Great. Okay. How Brilliant. was that? That was fantastic. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I just turn up. I try and do the podcast with you. I don't I don't need this hate from you, okay? Not hating. Not hating. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. If you are still listening, everyone. But no, it's been good to chat again, Luke. So, um... Again, we'll we'll do this again next week and the week after. It's, I think it's good for both of us to have this discussion. I mean, well, speaking for myself, it's nice to have a chat with you about stuff and go over, you know, get away from, I guess, the stresses of lockdown and being trapped in the house. So, yeah, thanks for your company again. No worries. Oh, thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. And until episode seven. Goodbye. Ciao. This episode is in association with crockerydirect.co.uk, your number one place for any domestic or commercial use crockery.